0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on 9 to Noon to help you navigate family life. Language development in preschoolers is remarkable to behold. From three months old, when babies first produce vowel sounds, to the five-year-old off to school with over 2,000 words in their vocabulary. How does it happen? What patterns affect speech, particularly in three- to five-year-olds? And how can parents catch and treat speech sound difficulties early? Wellington-based speech and language therapist Christian Wright is back with me. Good morning. Good morning. It Catherine. is a remarkable thing to observe, isn't it? Is. It is not it
0: it very much is. Yeah, I'm always astounded by it. I mean, I work with it and treat it all the time, but just watching it um, in our typically developing population, um, it's quite astounding to see how much they grapple with in that first five years, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
1: We'll focus on three to five, but those yeah. very early sounds because this—that is so lovely to watch that interaction between parent and child mm. with with a with an infant, you know yeah. I mean? that's and it's right. their language that dominates, like the Does. adult the adult conversation just disappears, and, and they're just completely immersed. Yeah. And how important is that, right from the beginning, not only to bonding but to developing an understanding of communication. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nathan, um, who comes on the show sometimes, Nathan mackay Wallace talks a lot about that. And in fact, a lot of our um, research around stimulating uh, communication development in our um, babies through to our two-year-olds, face-to-face time, that's it. Um, No TVs, no DVDs, no iPads, just you and your child face-to-face. And I think the thing that's really important, which um, I have heard Nathan talk about as well, is it needs to be someone and that someone needs to be as consistent as possible. That's one one primary con- yep.
1: connection. But it's funny, sometimes you'll even see babies looking at what's happening. They to, do. To, the, to, the, to the mouth even, like here they are brand new with all these neurons firing and going insane and being cast off at the rate of knots as, right. as they begin to organise yeah. but you'll see them sometimes actually focus on the lips and 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 they're genuinely already, even at that very young age beginning to get it
0: Yes, yes they are, and their brain is just absolutely open mm. it's, it's, it's desiring to wire around all of the nonverbal stuff that goes on as well mm. as the sounds that they're hearing I thought what we could do today is, as you've spoken about, the three to five population. Some listeners, I'm not expecting them to remember this, but back in 2016 we did a little session talking um, about speech sound development. And what we covered in that session was more the zero to three population. Mm.
1: So let's look at that little old. There's questions Slightly coming older, in already, so sure. keep them coming in for Christian. Uh, 9 to noon at radioNZ.co.nz. Text us at 2101. Tweet us at 9 to noon. So by three, where are we at?
0: So, um, yeah, I mean, essentially, three-year-olds, uh, uh, for unfamiliar listeners, are usually about 75% intelligible. So um, there's different ways to think about the speech sound development of children. There are um, tables around that have norms um, on them which are to do with when should a speech sound development uh, develop. Sorry, But I largely disregard those because they conflict with one another. And I went back and looked through the research and found that that conflicted with itself, and actually that's been written about. So I find it much more reliable to look at patterns, uh, patterns of development in children. So what I wanted to do today was to just briefly look at uh, what are those patterns, but the question I get asked all the time is when do I need to be concerned? And not just in terms of the child's intelligibility, but the knock-on effect for their literacy development when they turn five. So that's a really important um, shift.
1: Intelligibility means you can recognise what they're saying. It's not necessarily perfect, but but you can understand. Yep, that's right,
0: Catherine. So um, in the preschool population, we know that... um, T- typically it's it's somewhere, it's a bit of a broad um, statistic but 3-6% to six percent of the preschool population have difficulties with their speech sound development so that's difficulties where it's persisting past the point at which it should have fixed um, and a significant number of those children go on to have literacy issues and the question is which of those children are going to be the ones we need to be concerned about And what we know is um, even children who have had speech sound difficulties that have resolved can still be at greater uh, greater risk for literacy due to underlying issues with their working memory and another thing called phonological awareness skills, their awareness of the sound system of English. Three factors that seem to relate to speech sound difficulties that most commonly influence the later literacy tend to be the nature of the speech sound difficulty, the persistence of it and whether there's co-occurring spoken language issues. So those three things. So the nature, what I mean there is whether it's a delay or a disorder. And there is a difference. So a delay is a common pattern of persisting um, speech error that goes past when it should have resolved, but we see it all the time in children. So I'll go through some of those in a second for listeners. A disorder is, it's not a pattern that we commonly see. Um, so, and it um, it's quirky, and it's quirky to those who know how to assess speech, speech language therapists. And, we, and, and that's where a parent would best get the advice. If we looked at a delay, um, so the delayed patterns, um, so the patterns that commonly occur are, um, Vela fronting, what that is, is where you take a sound at the back of your mouth and you move it to the front, so a car becomes a tar, and that usually resolves around three and a half to four years. Deleting the last sound in a word, a dog, is a doh, and that resolves usually three to three and a half years. Syllables, weak syllables, so words, um, multisyllabic words, have different stress on the syllables. So, banana, the weak syllable there is the ba and children, um, younger children will delete that often, so they'll call it a nana, and that usually resolves by four years. And then a couple of other ones, when they take long sounds and make them short, so a son is a dun, a van is a ban, uh, those typically start to resolve between three and a half, four years as well. And then lastly, consonant blends, so your S blends, sp, st, sm, um, L blends, blah, cl, fl, those kinds of things, and then R blends. Typically what happens there are about... By the time a child's three and a half, seventy-five 75% of what they're able to do with blends is usually pretty accurate, um, but it's usually really good between four and five years of age. Um, so I think what listeners will see through that is um, around about three and a half to four is an important junction um, around when speech should really be improving significantly and a lot of these patterns are being suppressed. Um the disordered side of things looks quite different. So these are, I call it the big V, and that's just an acronym, so that's how I remember it. Big for backing. Backing means taking sounds at the front of your mouth and moving them to the back. The I and big V is initial consonant deletion, so deleting the first sound in a word. The G stands for a thing called glottal substitution. Don't worry about the terms, but that just basically means you sound like someone from London Cockney English. So butter. For butter, so you uh, you do a thing where you insert a sound that's down in the throat in the middle. Glottal stop. Glottal which stop, which
1: in some pronunciation in some languages, it does. but it's yeah. And yeah. then
0: the last one, the V, is vowel distortions. Mm. So, typically, by the time a child is three, three and a half, um, you wouldn't see you know, certainly with disordered stuff. You don't often see this in the speech of children, and these disordered speech patterns tend to persist. That's the thing that's important.
1: What's behind them?
0: Um, not really sure. Mm. Um, it seems to be, uh, varies from child to child. I can never predict who's mm. going to have disordered and delayed speech. Mm. Often it can be mixed. They can have a few disordered patterns amongst their delayed. It's not always just one, but um, it's always a red flag to me when I do see it.
1: So that's when you would be looking perhaps at getting some um, some professional help. Yes. Now, have we covered, so there's the, there's the difference between the delay and the disorder which we've discussed. Yep. Is persistence and coexistence part of that or still to come? Yeah, it is.
0: No, that's all part Part of of it. it. Right, so
1: that's what you're looking for.
0: So what happens is if you imagine three columns, so one column is the nature column, Mm. whether whether it's delayed or disordered, the persistence column and the language column. So we'll go down them. If your child is demonstrating a delay in their speech sound development, but it's largely resolving, particularly by the time they're five, and they have no, so the persistence is not there, Mm. and they don't have an expressive language issue, so their language has typically evolved as you would expect. They are not at very high risk for literacy issues. The children who have a delay that's been persisting and it's, and it's reached the time that's there say five and a half, and they're still showing patterns of delay in their speech. that's um, cause for caution. I'd be, I would want to look at that. The children who have a delay that's persisting beyond the past past the age of five, and they have expressive language issues, they are at high risk for literacy issues. Then we get into our disordered population. The disordered, so the children who have patterns of disorder that have resolved before the age of five, because they've had therapy. Because remembering disordered patterns persist, they are certainly. I would caution to watch carefully. The last two profiles would be a disorder of speech that's persisting um, into the early school years. Um, they are at very high risk for literacy issues. And then our final one, the disordered population persisting with expressive language are absolutely going to have literacy issues.
1: What is it that you can do if you are getting into this area, if you go and get some professional assessment? You, you mentioned it's possibly indicative of something else that's going on, a working memory issue or a phonological... Yeah, phonological awareness.
0: I'll see you later Phonological,
1: on. yeah, thank <laughs> you. Phonological <laughs> awareness. Can, can you do things that can help? Because obviously the point of the intervention is... Um, trying to mitigate the the literacy risk, and are you able to do that?
0: Yeah, you can, absolutely. Um, I work with kids all the time to do that exact thing, and I find that um, we can get a long way. I mean, there's always other variables at play, like often in children who have really significant speech and language issues, there's the working memory issue, which means they often have poor attention, which means they have poor retention. So it's um, a melting pot of, it can of issues. It's a vicious cycle oh, too, though, can't just, it? It's yeah. so hard for them. Yeah. But there's lots of things parents can be doing. So practically speaking, let's just put it into practical terms. You have a four-and-a-half-year-old who has sound deletion errors. They, have, they show some patterns of disorder. Um, they have problems producing multisyllabic words. They have difficulty with rhyming, listening to the first sound in a word, segmenting syllables so happy clapping them out when they have those kinds of issues going on that collection of issues those are the kinds of kids who are at very high risk of literacy issues
1: Is this correlation or causation though with the literacy is, is it likely that the same issues they're having with their speech are what is going to affect their, their reading and their yep. comprehension yep. rather than the, rather than causative so yep. you may be dealing with both issues yep. concurrently
0: yep. because fundamentally what's going on for them is um, their ability to perceive Um, store, process in their working memory, reproduce. That's Mm. not just speech, that's language. It is um, rhyme, for example. They have trouble perceiving that there's... um these two, these words sound alike. Yeah. Um, so they have trouble, obviously, when you're modelling speech sounds to them. Sometimes they're not always sensitive to the sound that they should be correcting.
1: You see, this comes back, though, to Nathan's earlier work. A vital part of this is the other thing that's happening around this age, which is them developing their concept as a learner. Yeah. So, OK, it might be difficult, that might be their reality, but um, if they are into it and confident and supported yep. and, 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 and <clears throat> able to make progress their own way... Yep we're hopefully saving them from the the you know the, the bigger issue which is you know, I can't do this or I can't yeah. learn or, or fearing it or as I said, getting into an avoidance vicious cycle. Exactly. Okay. Let's go to some of the questions. Sure. Um. Hi, there, my nearly four year old dribbles significantly still and has trouble with some specific sounds, in particular l and f. He has excellent comprehension in language and otherwise normal development. Should we be thinking about intervening yet mm
0: good question um the dribbling I'm interested in that I'm wondering about whether he has low tone um so low muscle tone so um, he may not have very good lip seal the
1: lower lower lip is that so, a, yeah, so is, basically, is that strength thing or? Um,
0: it, sometimes it can be but also it can be to do with something else like large tonsils and or enlarged adenoids mm-hmm. so you would want to look at does he snore at night um, is he an open? Uh, is his resting posture an open, open mouth? mouth. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, the dribbling is because he's also leaning forwards when he's playing, and the, the, the saliva is coming out. You'd want to look at his tongue—is it sitting too far forward in his mouth? Because the tongue can effectively act like a ramp that the saliva just trickles over the top and straight over the lip. So there's things there around the tone, the posture of um, the mouth being open, the tongue being at the front, too far to the front. Also things to do with tonsils and adenoids, whether or not there's snoring. Um, So that might account for some of that dribbling, and that would be a visit to the eno-stroke specialist to determine the adenoids and the tonsils. But a speech therapist could look at the the tone and the tongue positioning. The L and the F, uh, he's nearly four, so L is a sound that usually many children will acquire between the ages of four and five. But the F if it's probably turning into I would suggest a B, that's the most common one. That's a pattern of delay, but that usually resolves itself between the ages of three and three and a half. Um so
1: It might be separate, separate yeah, issues. It yeah. could be, that's mm. right. Okay. Um, my five-year-old still pronounces human as fumin. How best to resolve this?
0: Oh, <laughs> no, I've not heard of that one before. That's <laughs> intriguing. Um, uh, firstly, video it because it's going to go away and it'll be yeah. fascinating in the future. You, um, you. Yeah. you. Um, right.
1: so I hope it's not a... Um, what's that word when you um, condense something? <laughs> no, sorry, I'm being, so, <laughs> being facetious. Carry on. Um, so
0: what I would do there, yeah. I'm just going to assume that everything else has been going okay and this might just be one of those quirky yeah. leftovers. My fourth child said becrits for breakfast for many years and when I went to fix it my wife said don't touch it just leave it because it looks so cute so cute and and it came right but um what I would do in that situation is I would actually just do a contrast so I would have a picture of a boy who's fuming he's really angry and uh um an outline of a person who's a human um and or to make it simpler actually the fuming could be a little alien and human that might be simpler because then you can see the difference what you're trying to show him there is that when you're saying human, it's the alien, and when you're saying the H, <sighs> human, and you would want to um, maybe get put both of his hands out, so put both of your hands out, get him to place his hands on top of each hand of, that you've got in front of you. As he pushes down on one of your hands, or as you take one of his hands down, you make the H breath sound. So you're trying to, what I'm trying to do there is sometimes they haven't, the child hasn't picked up on the error that they're supposed to be correcting. So you're trying to give them a whole body experience right. of when you push my hand down, I make this sound. So I'm dragging his attention through his body to his speech. Yeah. So he pushes it down and he says, ah, as he does it with his H. And then so he finishes that with you and then man. And you mm. can even, um, I'll just keep going with it, you can even do an H and then point to you and then man, like you could even go it that way as well. Mm. So if you didn't want to do the contrasting of the pictures, it could be H goes huh, then you point to someone, you say you, and then you say man.
1: So you're actually trying to separate the subtleties, the yeah. nuance between the two. You are. Um, but it's lovely that you give human the, the word, which obviously um, isn't a word to us. You, you give it a meaning, and yes. then you are um, clearly showing there's a different meaning for human. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's a wonderful way of doing it. And is, yeah, is that is that sound, I mean, I'm wondering if he's got to the human bit through the f that that's how he's that's how he's going about making his h sound yeah and
0: the so- h is an open mouth position mm. so it's interesting that he's closing his mouth um mm. so in actual fact it's quite an easy one to fix usually to yeah. get an h but um it's a very very early developing sound so
1: yeah, I think the human being I love it exactly uh, our 18 month old granddaughter so we're going a little younger here but um, I think we've got time our 18 month granddaughter has about 15 words but no words in combination no sentences she understands everything said to her can bring objects asked for make animal noises identify body pages this it might be body parts she was very forward in physical school, skills walked at 11 months her parents don't think there's any reason for concern especially since her mother was slow to talk her father had five word sentences at the same age is her language an issue?
0: Um, I'll say no to start with. I don't think so. She sounds quite typical a development. Um, 12 months is your first word. 18 months usually you've got around about 50 words. Some um, minimum measures say that by two you should have 50 words and putting two words together. That's not very common. I find it's much more common that 18 months old children have 50 single words at least. Um, but um, and they're able to, um, within that next six months, start putting two words together. But I've, the reason I say I'm not that concerned is because I have seen children between the ages of 12 and, say, 20 months or whatever, they progress quite slowly sometimes. They are acquiring words, but um, and then all of a sudden they hit two and it just takes Bonfer. off. I've seen that. It's mm. p- particularly when there's no issues around their hearing, there's no sign that there's any delay in any other respect. But I think the bottom line is always this. If there's... um a niggling in the back of your mind as a grandparent or a parent, go and get it checked out. Yeah. Just go and get it checked out because I've never had a parent, and honestly, I very rarely ever have a parent turn up okay. and they're just completely on the wrong page.
1: Okay. Um, they're coming in quite quickly, so let's just... <laughs> um, my four-year-old daughter's receiving speech therapy but is still often hard to understand and lacks confidence to join in socially at kindy. How can we and kindy teachers help her gain confidence and support other kids to respond helpfully?
0: Social engagement, that's a difficult one because possibly she's having a lot of feelings about the fact that her speech is unclear, and that makes it quite challenging, so that could be something intrinsic to her. However, um, in terms of what um, certainly the adults can do in the environment is to continue to, uh, when they are not clear, offer choices as much as they possibly can to try to help her to make them herself understood. Sometimes you can use pictures as well uh, or real objects to support those that choice making. Um, I would try to play games with her where there's a clear focus, like if she were into trains, then I would narrow the pool of possible words that it is so that we get a better engagement because I've got a better idea of what it is. Um, and obviously if she's already receiving speech and language therapy, that's great. So trying to keep on with having those good conversations with your therapist around um, that particular issue which they've probably already floated um, but yeah i would certainly keep the door open there talking about it
1: um one more i saw my son's just turning four and sees w in place of l at what stage should i be concerned otherwise normal
0: so a ladder is a wadder. That would be that one. You mm. would call that gliding. Um, that's got a That's a common pattern. Um, again, that would between the ages of four and five would be a sound that I would expect to resolve. You want to look wider as well. So when you have a child that has this, um, a pattern of delay, um, not that that's a pattern of delay yet, but you want to just look around in their sound system and those uh, that chart. Um, Previously, we've given out the information, um is the name of the website, and it has a chart on there about the patterns, phonological awareness, uh, sorry, not phonological awareness, um, phonological process patterns, yeah. anyway, sound development patterns. It's good to look through that. Find your child's pattern, and when should it be gone by? And then when you know that they're having trouble with an L, so you can be reassured that between the ages of four and five that develops, but you just want to check... But what about the other speech sounds? Are there any other ones that are going on that actually this may, go, may persist for longer because these, these earlier sounds that still haven't developed as well?
1: OK, this last one I think you can do very quickly. Uh, they're two a similar. A two-year-old who's surrounded by Mandarin, French and English... Daily, not talking in the real sense. Is this little brain just trying to sort it all out? Or will it come tum- tumbling out one day, possibly in three languages? And someone else saying, what about speech difficulties with young children, three to four, trying to deal with two languages? Two
0: languages. So um, bilingualism is, actually we've done a session on bilingualism. Yeah. In the past, multi, dual, dual yeah, language yeah. learners, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But certainly, um, yes, um, th- learning multiple languages is not a reason for a child to have delayed language. Children can do this um but sometimes i see children in the initial stages of their language a- language acquisition progress slower because their brain is trying to reconcile who speaks what yeah so they go through a period usually where they mix up the languages with yeah. people. The, sorry, they speak the wrong language to someone and then they realise that doesn't work. Then they do mixed languages and then they learn to separate them out. But it usually takes three to four years.
1: Yeah, two is very young. It's very it? young,
0: yeah. but um, certainly what I would say is if you want to know how that two-year-old's going, take a measure of all of the words they do say in every language and put that together. That collectively is their vocabulary.
1: Christian, thank you as always. Christian writes